chapter 10, verse 13. Uh, They were bringing children to him so that he, Jesus, might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. Uh, So it's like they were W.C. Fields. Back off, kids, you bother me. You know, it's like they thought this was, you know, we don't need child's play here, but actually, according to what Jesus said, children are very, very, very important to him. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And you don't want to make Jesus indignant. I don't want to ever find out what that's about. And he said, although I'm sure I have. And he said to them, permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter into it at all. And he took the kids in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. So we have the privilege and opportunity today to pray with some families. And the first one, Tyler and Kristen Eves, would you please bring your family up here? I actually have the distinction of being there when Kristen was born. Also, I was there when Tyler and Kristen got married And now we get to see them dedicate their little man-child, Walker Reynold Eves. That's a big deal right here. Doesn't that look right? What a sweet couple, man. And they look what they produce. They produce this little guy with a bow tie and a vest. Little junior executive. And uh, goes by the name of Walker. Wow. Wow. That's sweet. Stretch your hands toward him. Lord, I thank you. I have a word for him. And the general word for Jeremiah was, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. In the Psalms, the steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. And Father, I pray, because this is no coincidence, God, that these two found each other, that there's a capacity in each as individuals toward you. And that it's all resolving as we go. And if you seek, you'll find. And so, Lord, I pray for little young Walker, Walker Eves, that he would be stimulated in his destiny and the purpose you have for him. God, we fend off any hindrance to that effect. We stand with these parents, with these grandparents, and in this church body for this young man. And we speak blessing over him. We say, by Jesus' stripes, he's healed. We say, with long life, you satisfy him and show him your salvation. And we pray you fortify him from all the stuff, all the fears out there, heart, cancer, all that stuff, accidents. We speak protection over this young man. You sure have protected me, Lord. And I pray for that protection on this young man. I pray, Lord, you would give him buoyancy and buoy him up that he always ends up with a significant joy quotient and that people don't belittle him for being joyous, uh, that he carries that through his whole life, that he always manages to uh, signal with a smile in the midst of even trying times, even through tears, that you always give him buoyancy. Everybody say buoyancy. That, that, that res- and that, that's that resurrection power of Jesus in him. 
And now, Lord, for this dad, this is a, this is a, this is a man, solid man, man's man. And uh, I ask that you would just stir something great in his father, in his fatherhood. He's got such a heart. He loves this boy so much, and he's sweet on this girl. He found an amazing Christian church girl. And I just thank you, God, that, that you have your hand on him for great, great uh, sowing into this son. This, this amazing bond between mom and dad, this amazing bond between, it's mom's turn now for prayer, so she, he knows that. So now on cue. And Lord, I thank you. There's something about this mother-son thing. The father-son thing is distinct. And dad brings something unique, and mom brings something unique, as does the mom. And so, Lord, I thank you for blessing this sweet little walker. Give him supernatural wisdom beyond human. He already has amazing, significant intelligence and an intellectual skill, sharp mind, and will always have it sharp, and will never lapse into dementia when he's old. He'll stay strong. He'll be one of those people that is fit as a fiddle all the way to his last breath. And I thank you for giving key things to these guys. Expect it. When it comes, at first you'll think it's just natural wisdom, and then you'll go, wow, I know God just helped me in my fatherhood or in my motherhood. And God, we pray for the millions of dollars it's going to take to get this guy educated, car payments, and right. Stretch your hands toward him and say, we're believing for great things for you, Walker, and for the Eves in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. I bless you. I love you. Bless you, sir. So good to be with you, man. Wow. That's awesome. Josh and Rachel, can you bring a little Kate with you? Oh, this is great. This is Oh, I see a dimp. I see some dimples on there. Oh, that's a cute smile, sweet, bright eyes. Thank you, God, for little Kate. You going to call her Kate? Yeah. I'm glad to see you. How you been? Hi. Hi. How far apart are they? Sixteen months. Sixteen months. Lord, I pray this is beautiful closeness with this brother and sister. That's your, I know that's your baby. And you're going to be really important in her life. And God, I thank you for this little treasure, Kate. See your picture up there? That's your mom and dad? Yeah. Lord God, I lift up this little girl to you. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit would be a main feature in her life. She'd be empowered and strengthened. That God, when she faces challenges, she'd face them with you. When she, even in pre-elementary, she starts to, as she toddles, she starts to step and walk with the hand of God on her life in a special way. These guys have been praying. And they are covenant people. In other words, they are connected with God and they believe. They're believers. They have beliefs. And all things have been going great for this young man. And so now, Lord, we pray a quickening, strengthening, an edification, an enrichment, an impartation, an infusing 
God, uh, as I prayed with that last couple, I know that the, there's a dynamic that comes from us as individuals, this dad, this mom, the uniqueness that, that goes into and funnels into these children. It's, it's a miracle. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's amazing. It's unlike anything else. And so with this unique um, setup, with its distinct features, I thank you that's going to reflect on these kids and in a way where they're invincible from peer pressure. They're galvanized from put-downs, and they don't get puffed up by praises. That when things happen, they always go to the Lord with high surrender and with, with appreciation. When things are tough, they get on their knees and seek God for answers. And when things are great, they lift up their hands and send you praises. And God, I thank you that there's going to be a, a grace and a relaxation and a peace about raising these kids. God, these guys mean business. And they're fortifying their kids to be Satan-proof. And, uh, and the recklessness of the world is not encroaching on these children. But we dedicate Kate and we pray protection on her. We pray when she goes into that boyfriend zone, which she's going to have to get permission from dad and mom and pastor before she goes into that, and grandparents. We pray you keep fend-off exclusive relationships till she matures a bit. And that's so that she's protected and saved for that right relationship. And I pray that all that is a wholesome process and these guys figure out how to do that with group dating and friendship and kind of come to our house and here's some, here's some punch and some crackers and, and that, that kind of thing. But no, you're not going out in the car kind of thing. Wisdom, right? Wisdom. And, and, and that you won't feel like you're heavy-handed control freaks, but you also won't relinquish in case people try to talk you in or out of anything. You'll know when. You'll know when to say, nah, I don't think so. Right? You will. You'll know. God will give you wisdom on that in Jesus' name. But you won't. And you'll go, wait, am I a control freak? No, you're not. You're just, you're just being a wise dad. So we dedicate this little beautiful, sweet treasure, full of sunshine, full of hope, full of confidence, full of faith. And I pray you really use this brother, that these guys have a really healthy, amazing friendship. And that when they get married, they like hanging out. And when they have kids, they like hanging out. And it's just not a problem and not weird. It's just awesome, in fact. And they laugh and they rejoice through the course of their, of their decades. I speak blessing over this family in Jesus' name. Bye, Kate. It's nice to see you. I love you. I bless you. You guys are awesome. Peace out. Peace out. You see that? She threw me a peace out. She's reminded me that I said I'd be done by... 12.45, so let's go here. Did I say 12.45? What time is it? What does time matter when we're among friends? Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about something that I think is a target for all of us. Acts chapter 13, verse 22, is a summary of the life of King David. Has anyone ever read the Psalms? Who knows Psalm 23? Start it. You know that. And who wrote it? David did when he was a shepherd and he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the son of David. He's of the lineage of David. Now, David wasn't particularly saintly every minute of his life. In fact, he was a sinner like all the rest of humanity except for Jesus. Uh, And so he had high moments and hard moments. He had personal failure that is clearly laid out in the Bible 
He had achievements that are exemplary and stellar. And yet all of his highs, all of his lows are summed up into this simple phrase in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. It says, I have found David, the son of Jesse, uh, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. And, and David did. And, um, and there, are, there are characteristics that I want to bring out to you uh, about David's uh, tendency to get off of autopilot, his religious experience, not just to be routine, but to be vibrant and personable and consistent. And the Bible says that David inquired of the Lord. Everybody say, David inquired of the Lord. Inquiry is a synonym for what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. And he invites all of us to this. So we see this great Old Testament character, David, and we learn from some things that are modeled there. But I'm not talking so much about the uh, David, the man of God. I'm talking about the God of David and how he was motivated to seek God about direction and about answers. And Jesus, in fact, said this in Matthew chapter 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. That's personal. That's not vague. That's specific. He's talking to you. Oh, you say, what chapter and verse? That was Jesus talking to the people in that setting right there, Pastor Jeff. How could you take that? For that matter, how could you take David and, and transpose that on us? Well, because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the things that were written in earlier times were written for our instruction. Our, if you put a Y on it, your instruction, my instruction. Uh, so that through the encouragement and the comfort and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope, right? And this is an actually a hopeful message because this compels us to seek the Lord about things. Like we just saw these parents dedicating their little babies, you know, vulnerable, dependent as they are, but trusting and trusting them to a God who cares about us on an individual basis. I'm not a deist. A deist thinks, yeah, maybe a superpower happened and created all the everything and material out of the material, this material thing. And but God's definitely not involved with humanity. No. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting our trespasses against us, and he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He is among us. Emmanuel, God among us, God with us. Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? And this forness of God is an invitation. In fact, in James chapter 1, the Lord's brother, he said, when you go through trials and challenges, but let me tell you, bump it up. And if anyone lacks wisdom, James chapter 1 verse 5, let, uh, then let him ask or let her ask or let us ask or let the church ask or let a nation ask or let a generation ask God, look, who gives to a particular elite few a little meager amount uh, and he's mad about it when he does it. That does not say it that way. Who gives to a specialized elite intercession, intercession group that ha- knows how to pray better than all the rest of us. It does not say that. It, it, we just saw that you need to become like a child 
God help. Some of my most powerful prayers where I got the greatest answers were prayers of desperation that were dialed down verbally where it was, help, Lord. Help, Lord. And God, that prayer is some of the... It would take theologians decades and centuries to write about how powerful that prayer is. Help, Lord. Say, help, Lord. And if you ask... He'll give it to you. If anyone lacks wisdom, he'll give it to you generously. He'll lavish it upon you abundantly. I've heard testimonies from uh, uh, executive scientists in a prestigious business and an international corporation asking for com- wisdom on complex decisions. I've known military people who have had to go to God and say, Lord, we need wisdom. I've seen it in the professional sport world. I've seen it in the education systems. I've seen it in parenting. I've seen it in my personal desperate life as a lost teenager. God, would you please show me what to do? God, if you're real, show me. We're in the show me state, aren't we? Missouri, Missouri mules. We've got a Midwestern kind of mindset. We're, we're not playing games. We're not horsing around. We've, we, we're, we're, we're practical. We're, we're work-a-day people. I know this because I'm transferred from uh, the land of fruits and nuts, California, and I've been living here, and I'm grateful to God that he planted me in the heartland, and nobody's going to tell me this is a flyover state, and nobody's going to tell me that we're to be dismissed. This is a heartland, and there are things God wants to do in this region. He wants to do, look, I got saved in California, and there's a movie coming out about the Jesus movement. I was there. I was in it. And, but that God was doing that all over the earth. He's doing that in nations we don't even know about. In people we can't to say their language in, in ways that, that's beyond us. But yet, in this moment, David inquired of the Lord. And God is looking to us to get this kind of grasp. How many of you want God's will to be done on you? He said he would do God's will. And another one said, after David served the purposes of God in his generation, he fell asleep. After David, let's look at this in verse, verse 36. David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation. Don't you want to do that? I do as a, you know, you're the pastor, you're responsible, you're a man of the cloth, you're clergy, you're called into ministry. Yes. But before any of that, I was a lost sinner, and then I became a Christian. And in my Christianity, which is my favorite part of my life, I'm privileged to be your pastor. I love it. I'm grateful for it. I'm honored to get to flow in this kind of responsibility. But at the end of the day, I'm one of God's kids like you. That's why I love Reinhard Bonnke coming here for 10 or 11 years. He was a child of God. As he wasn't sophisticated, though he was genius. He was humble, even though he would, had accomplished some of the most premier things I've ever seen. Yeah. And uh, you get around him, and he's like, man, it's all about Jesus. I just love Jesus. Yeah. In fact, all the influencers that really mattered in my life had that as their principal quotient. And uh, but the product of running into people like you, I didn't get saved at a Billy Graham crusade. I didn't know who Reinhard Bonnke was. I was a teenager and I was lost and I cried to the Lord. And like this, he, he, if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be open. These parents are doing what you should do. They're bringing their kids like they did in the New Testament to Jesus. 
Lay hands on them. Pray for them. We just sang about the everlasting arms. It's all tying together. And that God is going to take care of these kids, no matter if it's COVID-19, 20, or 21, or 25, no matter how stupid things get, no matter how sophisticated the world system tries to go, we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, and it's, it's based on a relationship with God through his son Jesus. And you know, David manifests this in the Old Testament. He inquired of the Lord. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to go to one area of scripture. I have like 11 places where he inquired of the Lord. But uh, I'm going to try to just condense it to where I think the, the, the best place for me to just show the, the, the key of what I want to teach you. The key of what I want to teach you today is God invites us to seek him. He invites us when we're apathetic and we feel dull as a bag of hammers. He invites us when we're enthusiastic and we've had personal breakthrough and we feel like a revival's going on in our lives. He invites us when we get a bad diagnosis at the hospital. He invites us when we just had a fight with our mate. He invites us when our kids talk back to us. He invites us when we have complex decisions at work. He invites us when we're just prayed up and spirit-filled and on fire and doing the great and leading somebody to the Lord. He helps us not to get prideful. He helps us not to get down on ourselves. He is the glory and the lifter of our heads. Can I just tell you and brag on him? He's the king of kings. He's the healer. He's the savior. He's the redeemer. He always causes us to triumph. If you feel like you're in the wilderness, he provides a roadway in the wilderness. If you feel like you're in a dry desert experience, he provides uh, uh, rivers in the desert. In fact, Jesus said, come to me if you're thirsty and I'll give you living water, the likes of which you've never experienced before. I don't need THC anymore. I don't need alcohol anymore. I binge did all that stuff before it was legal, before I was legal age, and I got it out of my system. I, 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 made, I gave myself terminal cases of stupid over and over again. Cheech and Chong got pulled over on the highway by the cops, and they said, you know how fast you were going, 70 miles per hour? No, you were going 17 miles per hour. That's what weed will do for your motivation. Oh, you need it. Oh, yeah, you got a THC deficit. Oh, it'll make you smarter. No, it'll make you want to eat nachos of dip and get fat. <clears throat> I need all the help I can get. I don't need judgment impairment. I'm already trying to overcome judgment impairment. Right? So I'm just saying. So David inquired of the Lord. Uzziah. Became a king at 16 years old over Judah. His father Amaziah had done a pretty good job. There's a a man named Zechariah who was very in touch with the Lord and was a prophet and gave good counsel, a good, solid, godly prophet, not a false prophet, a good prophet. And he uh, had a mother named Jackaliah. And uh, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Don't be offended by the idea that God invites us to abundant life, to, a, to prosperity, to health. Don't let people pigeonhole you. Oh, you're in that health and wealth gospel, or you're in where they, they, they try to label us. You know, uh, Rabbi Jim Bennett was here, and you know, we were talking about, do you regard yourself as an evangelical? It's like, well, I'm, I'm evangelistic, but... I said, I, you know, so I was trying to, I said, I just don't like labels. He goes, I don't either. 
Because when people label us, they, they pigeonhole us. They, they, and it, becomes, it becomes dismissive. It's like, oh, you're... I remember I was witnessing to a cousin out in California, and he said, hey, Mom, Jeff's a born-againer. I'd never heard that. Jeff's a born-againer. It's like, a born-againer? I didn't even know that was good grammar, and it's not. But again, it's a dismissive label. Oh, you're, you know, you sound like... And then he said this. He was a firefighter out in California. He said, you sound just like my friend and named his friend. It's like, <laughs> um, answer to Larry's prayer, you know. <laughs> I'm a born-againer. But, you know, I, I refuse to be uh, labeled. I refuse to be denied. I refuse to be ignored. Um, uh, and, and I'm not, and I, by that I'm saying, uh, I, we stand alone before God with the hope that we'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And we stand before God fervently desirous that we end up doing his will. And this is the pathway that David took that caused him to be certifiably called a man after God's own heart because it wasn't all of his performance because he faltered and failed as bad as anybody in humanity ever has. And yet he kept going back to God, which gives all of us hope in our journey about God's goodness and that like him, we can chime in and say, the Lord's my shepherd too. And I shall not want either. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by quiet waters. He, say this with me, will restore my soul. He will restore my soul. And in fact, that's another way of saying get your mind renewed. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. That's what's happening right now. Some of you may be here for the first time. You may be here for the 30,000th time. And let the living water and let the reality of this supernaturally transform some of your path going into 2023. My wife and I have been seeking God about direction for our family, for ourselves as individuals, for our family, for our kids, our adult kids, our grandchildren. And particularly, we've been praying over this house, this church, this epicenter of something that God desires and has designed and he desires to continue to do things through. He said that church is to be a, candlestick and a lamp on a, on a, not to be put in a bushel basket or under a bed. And we've had suppression through COVID and we've had uh, social distancing and we've masked up and we've had all these issues and there's so much volatility around all this stuff. And yet the Lord has been and always will insist that we do life together in unity with our minds and hearts in one accord, fixing our eyes on Jesus, right? Fending off all these lesser agendas and saying, God, not my will, say it with me, not my will, but your will be done, right? On earth, just exactly like heaven has it sorted out. And you know, heaven's a good place. It has no confusion. It's not watching news. It's generating good news. It has its own news. It has its own history. It's not history revision. They're not monkeying with it. It is pure. And God is real. And his purposes are sound. And his faithfulness is reliable. And his purposes are certain. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Don't get me preaching now. Because I only have one minute. So let's go to First Chronicles chapter, let's see, I think 
14, 1 Chronicles chapter 14. And I'm going to just show you a couple of instances where David kept seeking after God. David realized the Lord called him, and the Philistines hated it. You guys ever see Lord of the Rings? Remember when he slipped that ring on his finger, and those evil guys on the horses showed up? And they took it off. He would go invisible, but then they'd try to hassle him, and they'd take it off again. That's what happened here with David. The ring went on, and the, the devil started kind of bearing down on him. So as I'm slipping this ring of awareness onto your spiritual sensibilities, know that it's going to elicit a bit of a challenge. Well, uh, I'll just stay out. I'll just stay neutral. And No, neutral is worse. You might as well just go whole hog for God. Okay? And uh, he did, and the Philistines came to try to... To, to fight him, and uh, they did a raid on them in the valley of Rephaim. It says in verse 9, chapter 14 of 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 14, 9. David, look at what it says in verse 10. Look at what it says. David inquired of God. Say that. David inquired of God. You guys, the devil does not want you and me to ask God what to do. He wants us to be self-reliant. He wants us to be imbibed on THC and alcohol. He wants us to be distracted and with entertainment. He wants us to be preoccupied 24-7. But I'm telling you, even Jesus, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, had gone into a village and had miracles, healings, expressed and taught the kingdom of God. And then, before it was, the sun came up, early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. That's where the disciples knew he would be in a time alone. And then in verse 36, Simon Peter and his companions searched for him. This is going to happen when you seek after God and try to get an inquiry. They found him and said to him, everyone's looking for you. <laughs> Sounds exciting, doesn't it? And he said to them, you know, let's go to the somewhere else to the towns nearby. I'm not going to let this be a promotion tour. I'm not here to be, you know, do a round, another encore in this place. I'm called to go to the next step. How did he know that? The opportunity was knocking. It looked pretty good. People were favorable toward him. They were accepting. They were appreciative. That, those are all good things. But those aren't the God thing finalizers. It's like we're not led by need or even by opportunity. We're, we're to be led by the Holy Spirit. So he had been praying, inquiring of the Lord. So in fact, he, Jesus, who's, he said, I only do what I see my father doing, saw, we, let's go to the next town. And he wasn't saying, I don't want to be around them. He wasn't saying that. He was saying, no, we need to be led. This is where God's called us to go. Let's go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may preach there also. Now look, for that is what I came for. See, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the work of the evil one. Jesus, even when the Syrophoenician Canaanite woman, who is not a Jewish lady, was not in the covenant, had a demonized daughter, which Jesus had been casting demons out of people. Jesus had been bringing healing to people that were tortured and grievously vexed. So she comes to him, and he says to her, um, I'm not, I'm, this is not my context right now. This is not the Gentile moment where the nations are coming in. I'm, I'm here to the law, for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She goes, okay, I know that. I, I know I'm, I'm not in the covenant. Um, and, and he said, and, and it, you can't give bread to dogs. And that's what all of us 
Goyim non-Jews are called outside of that covenant. And instead of being insulted, instead of having her feelings hurt, instead of becoming bitter toward Jesus, she stands up and says, yes, Lord, okay, right. But even the dogs get the crumbs under the table. Jesus saw something that he, he responded to. He said, daughter, you have great faith that you would be willing to see and reach out even even this context. I've explained the context to you, but you are explaining back to me that that something God really likes. He likes faith. And so she's like, uh, yes, uh, agreed, but uh, true Lord, you know, one translation says, but I will not be denied. Say, I will not be denied. Some of you are going, well, that's King David, and he was amazing, and I saw a stained glass window down on Skinker that had David on it, and he's amazing. He had a halo. Jesus had a halo. I don't have any halo, and if I did, it would be choking me right now. Amen. That's the same amen when I said I was carnal. Somebody said it's funny. If somebody, I can't see you. I'm not going to look at you because I don't want to then have to deal with it. That's funny. Somebody said amen when I told him I was carnal. Amen. And then now it's like, yeah, you would be choked by your halo. Amen. All right. Is it past 1045? Did I say I was going to finish? Let's all stand up on our feet. Because look at, look at here. David inquired of the Lord, and then God said, yeah, go against him. And he did. And he had a great breakthrough. And then it happened. They got ahead another raid. And instead of David going and using the same military skills he had used a few days before, David, in verse 14... Look at what it says. Notice the point. Don't get your head unplugged till you get this. David inquired again of God. Say that. David inquired again of God. And I'm going to tell you, just because I don't have any more time, that David inquired again and again and again and again and again and again of God. Okay? And the real message I have for you as your pastor is what we saw in Acts chapter 2 where they, the description of the early church was they continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. The Lord was with them and favor surrounded them. People were being added to the church. I, I mean, man, listen, God can, will, and does provide direction. We had a testimony of a 16-year-old boy who had a word from the Lord for his mom about their fi- the economics. And God used that, that teenager to speak something to his mom. He gave her, gave her strategy. She, she did it. And God created a huge breakthrough blessing. Credit card debt was paid off. And God used that young boy's voice because he's a man of God, actually. And, and occasionally, God will speak through our kids. There's a gentleman in the church that's believing God for the culture of the kingdom to come in the culture of his business. Why not? You're the light of the world and you're the salt of the earth. There are people in this church that are believing God for a revival in this church. Believing outside these walls for a harvest of souls. I am not content till I see more and more hundreds of millions of souls come out of darkness in our generation. And whatever revival is supposed to look like for our church, bring it on. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And and, and as far as your personal deal, lift up your hands and say, God, help me to inquire of you about the little things, medium things, big things, biggest thing being your Lordship. Close your eyes with me. Search your heart. If Jesus is not your Savior and Lord, 
You need to turn from your sins and trust him to come in. Step off the throne of your life and let Je- invite Jesus to come in and make residency in the central part of your life. That's what his lordship means. He becomes central. Say this from your heart. Jesus, be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Take charge of my life. I submit to you to the best of my ability. As a child, I humble myself. As a reliant person, I inquire of you. Come in on my job, my physical health, my emotional understanding, my well-being. Guide me, Lord. Cover St. Louis. Cover Missouri and Illinois. Cover the United States. Cover all the nations with the knowledge of you in every place. In Jesus' name. As long as David sought the Lord, as long as David inquired of the Lord, he got answers. He got answers. He got dull when he missed it a couple of times. We all have. But man, as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, as long as Paul sought the Lord, he thought he should go into where, Turkey where they had the terrible earthquake. He loved that place. He wanted, he wanted to do his life work and reach there, and, he, and, and yet it wasn't timing. It's because he sought the Lord. God had him go to Macedonia, and then he met Lydia by the river and Lydia's family, and the whole household got saved. That was a hinge point of Western civilization. She was the first European convert. God had a plan that actually changed us. We are the product of that event in Paul's turn of ministry. So if he had pushed and pushed, because he had been kicking against the goats, how long are you going to kick against the goats? Is he was so stubborn. Well, he became compliant. He was even stubborn there. But God put him to a nap and he said, hey, listen, man, go over here and do this. Don't go to Asia yet. But he did eventually go to Asia, right? Guys that are rambunctious, you just let God just inquire, and like, when, when God, when, how, God, how. You just go ahead and ask him the who, what, where, when, how, who, why. Go ahead. He can handle it. Because if you ask, you shall. If you seek, you shall. And if you knock, what? For everyone, it says in verse 8, everyone who asks receives. And everyone who seeks finds. And get this, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Come on, hallelujah. I'm done. God bless you guys. Go out with joy. Have a great day. Enjoy the sunshine.